Amen. Can we give the Lord praise together tonight? Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, for not just being around us, but being in us, leading us and guiding us and directing us, giving us wisdom, letting us know, amen, what our minds don't know, but our spirit knows. Can I get a witness? Amen. I want to uh, just give honor to Brother Chase Manning. This is Pastor Jim and Sister Angie Manning's son. And so Sister Angie Manning, along with Chase's fiance, is upstairs in uh, the class with Sister Janet, and they are doing unique together. So Chase decided he would drive his mother over and be in service with us tonight. And so Chase, we're honored to have you, son. We love you, and thank you for being with us. It is my privilege to bring to you the word of the Lord, and I'm going to be taking my thought from the book of Luke chapter 19. God bless you. You can be seated. To have a mission that matters is how we can make a difference in our life. People are wanting to say, I want to make a difference with my life. I will tell you one way to do that, and that is to have a mission. Because when you define your mission, it makes you different from other people. Look at Luke chapter 19, and I believe it is verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This verse right here summarizes Jesus' entire mission. Now, he went to the cross in order to heal us, but that wasn't his main focus. He went to the cross, ladies and gentlemen, to redeem us and to save us from our sins. Because guess what? You can get into heaven without being healed, but you can't get into heaven without being saved. You can get into heaven not having two pennies to rub together, so to speak. You can be broke, but you can't get into heaven without the blood of Jesus applied to your life and without being born again. So there's a lot of things that you can get into heaven without, but you can't get into heaven without the spirit of the living God and your sins being washed by the blood of the Lamb. Does that make sense? So this was Jesus' mission. Did he heal? Of course he did. Did he set people free and deliver them? Well, yes, he did that. But his mission was, his purpose was to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, uh, when you talk about a mission... For example, let me just bring it home to you. Uh, most of you have heard of Boeing Company. They build airplanes, but they don't build mousetraps. You've heard of General Motors. They build vehicles, but they don't build church pews. You've heard of Apple. They build computers, but they don't build garage doors. 
There's nothing wrong with mousetraps, church pews, or garage doors. It's just that these companies have decided that's not their mission. That's not what they're going to do. So when you define what you are going to do in the same sentence, you are defining what you're not going to do. Apple says we're going to build computers. We're not going to build garage doors. Jesus says, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. I didn't come to build an earthly kingdom. I didn't come to get involved in politics. I ain't running for an elected office. I come to seek and to save that which was lost. Brothers and sisters, I want to just preach tonight that we have a mission that matters. I'm going to say it again. Say it with me out loud. We have a mission that matters. Say it again. We have a mission that matters. In other words, people like yourselves, you and I, who make an impact in our world, they have a dream, they have a goal, they have a mission, they have boundaries, and these boundaries say that I will do this, but I won't do that. I'm going to reach for the best of my life with what God has given me so that I can leave the rest alone and let somebody else do that. This is why I'm going to keep coming to you like water on a rock. And I'm going to tell you, there's very few things that God has gifted me to do. I can't do everything in the body of Christ. And we have pigeonholed a pastor to be everything. And I am here to tell you that if we're going to reach this community and this region, you have got to release me from being everything to the church. I'm only one small part of the body of Christ. But we need the hand and we need the eye and we need the ear and we need the foot and we need the leg and we need the heart. We need all of us understanding this is my lane. This is what God has called me to do and I'll do whatever my hand finds to do. I'll do it. In other words, I'm not called to pick up trash. Yes, you are. If you see a piece of trash, pick it up. Well, my hand don't fit that broom. Your hand needs to get prayed through to fit that broom. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it. I ain't talking about you're so good you can't sweep trash. I can sweep trash. I clean toilets. I wipe PP off of the floor, and I'll continue to do it because when our guest goes in there, I don't want them smelling urine, so I'm willing to do whatever I got to do. But at the same time, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm saying is at the same time, I can't do it all because God don't ask me to do it all. That's why he calls the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ understands their mission, their purpose, then they can do what they're called to do and reach to people that I'll never be able to reach. Does that just make sense? So people that are on a mission, they know what matters and they know what doesn't. I want you now to go to Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. And this is Paul speaking. He says this. He said, life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. And then he goes on the work of telling others about the good news about God's mighty kindness and love. Here's what Paul is really saying. My life doesn't count unless I accomplish my mission. Notice what Paul said. He didn't say these 14 things I do. He said these, this one thing I do. 
right? This one thing I do. I forget what is behind me and I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He said, I know my mission. My mission is to preach the gospel of grace to the Gentile world. And he said, if I don't do that, then I will not have accomplished what God put me on this earth to accomplish. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, on a Wednesday night, I want to preach to you tonight that our mission matters. And part of that mission is to, number one, bring others into God's family. I'm going to say that again. I do not, brothers and sisters, I do not have the gift of evangelism, but I am called to be a witness. If you think about a commercial, uh, a commercial fishing operation, there are men that drive the boat. There are men that catch the fish. Then there are men that clean the fish. Then there are people that take the fish to the restaurant. And then there are the people who who prepare the fish. And then there are people who serve the fish. And then there are people who receive payment for the fish. How many hands do you think has to literally touch one fish to get it from the ocean to the plate? Probably more than one or two, right? So here's what I'm saying. I do not believe that everyone in this room has the ability to win souls because not everybody has the gift of evangelism. But I do believe that you have a part to play when you smile and welcome those guests as soon as they hit our parking lot. And I do believe you have an ability when you teach our students the Word of God. And I do believe you have an ability to smile at people and let them know you're glad they're here. And I do believe you have the ability to make sure you're praying for each and every service that the Spirit of the Lord radiates in this house and life transformation takes place. I do believe you have the ability to get up and say, hey, you're a guest. You can take my pew. That went over like a lead balloon. So I'm going to keep going. But we do all have a part to play. And that is to bring people into God's family. Here's what Romans 10 and 13 says. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But notice verse 14. This is where I want to get to. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The point is this. For a person to get into God's family, somebody probably has to at least invite them. Can I get a witness? So here's what I want to tell you. If you're a believer, the moment you became a believer, your life mission had to change from just getting to retirement to your life mission becomes, it is my purpose, it is my mission to make sure that I am inviting people into a relationship with God. I'm going to talk about that. Here's Acts 1 and 8. For all of you that say, I don't have evangelism, I don't either, so I'm with you. But here's Acts 1 and 8. But you shall receive, what? Power. When the Holy Spirit has done what? Come upon you and you will be. Not maybe, not hope so. You will be my witnesses. What is a witness? Brothers and sisters, it's real easy. You can witness a car accident. You can witness a crime, you can witness a wedding, you can witness a football game. The only qualification to be a witness is that you were there and you saw what happened. 
You don't have to know a lot about the Bible. You don't have to have a PhD in theology. A witness just tells their story. Here's my story. I was eight years old. I was in a small community. I was at the altar. I was laying in a man's arms. God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I was eight. I didn't fake it because I didn't know it. And this was as real. I remember it like it was yesterday. I can take you to the small community, take you to the church, show you the exact spot. As an eight-year-old, God changed my life. And guess what else he did? He kept me from a lot of mess that I would have gotten myself into had it not been for the power of the Holy Spirit. So not only can I witness about what God's done for you and how he brought you out, but I can witness about what he kept me from. Not because I was perfect. I've never been perfect, but I'm going to tell you, God kept me from a lot of mess. That's a testimony. That's a witness to the goodness of God. Why are you called to be witnesses? Because a non-witnessing Christian is a contradiction. Oh, do I need to stay there a minute? A non-witnessing Christian is a contradiction. Pastor, I've been in church all my life. What's my story? Your story is what God kept you from. Pastor, I've been in the depths of sin. What's my story? What God's brought you out of. But all of us have a story, and we just need to witness. You don't have to go into theology with people. I'm going to get into that. Number two, our motive behind our mission is love. What, what pushes this? Y'all know this. Love God. Love people. We preach it all the time. That's our mission. Love God. Love people. What is our motive behind our message? It's love. It's love. Here's 2 Peter 3 and 9, New Living Translation. Here's what it says. The Lord is patient. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. That's why repentance around here is not a bad word. He wants all of us to repent. Why? Because sin will destroy us. But when we repent, we lay our sin at the cross and he covers it with his blood. And now we have a new start. He don't want sin to destroy us. He wants you to have the abundant life. See, God never made a person he didn't love. Say that with me. God never made a person he didn't love. That means he loves the black man, the Asian, the Hispanic. He loves all races, nationalities, colors, creeds, big, small, wide, tall. It don't matter to him. He's never made a person he doesn't love. And then he wants the love of God in us to radiate to them. Everybody matters. Say it with me. Say everybody matters. That's why this church, that's why, that's why this church should never stop growing. I'm going to say it again. That's why this church should never stop growing. Because everybody matters. Okay, I'm going to just, y'all going to look at me. So when y'all do that to me, y'all know what it does to me. It stirs me up. So I'm coming on your row. That means people in the hood. That means people that don't speak English. That means people that are from Asia. God loves everybody. Everybody matters. And yes, I know we are in the deep south. But I'm here to tell you that there is no segregation in heaven. Can I get a witness? And that's why we should never stop growing. Why are we building a new building? Let's talk about it. 
Why are we building a new building? So we can dedicate our babies, so we can marry our young adults, so we can marry and bury, and that's why we're building a new building. All of those things are important, okay? We're going to dedicate babies, we're going to marry our young adults, and we're going to bury those who go on to be with Jesus. But ladies and gentlemen, that is not the main reason why we're building a building. Are y'all with me? Those are vital reasons. They're important reasons. But that is not why we're building a building. Do you know why we're building a building? It's so that we can seek and say that which is lost. What's our motive behind putting hundreds and hundreds and, yes, millions of dollars into this building? What's our motive? It's called love. Why? Because eternity without God is a mighty long time. And when God gives you a revelation of how long eternity is and how hot hell is, you know what? You don't want anybody to go there. That's why I keep saying, let's take everybody to heaven with us that wants to go. I know not everybody wants to go, but there are some that do want to go. So let's take as many that want to go. Let's take them. Let's reach this community. Let's reach in this region. Why? Because love is our motive behind the mission. Listen, if I had a cure for cancer and you knew I had a cure for cancer and I kept it to myself, would that be a crime? If I had a surplus of food and I knew, I knew my neighbor was literally starving two blocks or two streets or two rows beside my house and I had this surplus of food and I knew my neighbor was starving and I kept it all to myself. Is that a crime? So in other words, for us to have the best news that has ever happened and keep it to ourselves, why isn't that a crime? Come on, somebody. Y'all didn't clap too hard on that one. Our mission, here is our mission. We got to remind ourselves of this, is to bring people into God's family. Our motive behind our mission is love. And third, the message of our mission is good news. Good news. Say, Say good news. Look at Mark 16 and 15. This is the living Bible. Proclaim the good news to everyone everywhere. How many of you, I know, I know this answer already, but how many of you like to hear good news? I do. That's why I'm very seldom on social media and I'm not against it, but there's not much good news. Okay. I like good news. Why? Good news makes the bones fat. Here is, I want to share with you the good news that is summarized in the Bible. Here's three statements I want to give you. The good news that is summarized. Number one, God offers fulfillment. Here's what it says in John 10 and 10. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it to the fullness. What do people want? You hear it all the time. Live your best life. Live your best life. Live your best life now. Not against that. Jesus wasn't against that. He said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. The first thing about the good news is, is fulfillment. God has come, brothers and sisters, not to depress you, not to put you down, not to make you feel inferior. He has come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But I want you to understand something. He didn't come so you could have religion. He didn't come so you could have a ritual. He did not come so you can go to the rules and the regulations. This is not a book of rules and regulations. This is a book of love letters. This is a book of love letters. 
written to people that he loves. This is not stuffy ceremonies. It's a book of love letters. It's good news. Shout good news. And here's why I think, and I'm going to talk to us now. I'm not talking to anybody else. I'm talking to us. Here's why I think we don't witness to others. Because we, in our particular denomination, we have been known for what we are against more than what we are for. And we have taken the joy of our relationship and we have made it a list of rules of do's and don'ts. And I have people all the time ask me, can I wear this to your church? You sure can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Here's what I know. When God starts working in the heart, other things start happening. But I ain't trying to get other things to happen until I can get God in their heart. Because once God gets in their heart, God will lead them and guide them. God will begin to convict them. Brothers and sisters, Janet and I have very strong convictions. When nobody, when nobody, when no one knew who we were or where we were at, we were living the way we're living right now. Why? Because these are our convictions. This is what's to us in our core. We're not doing anything we don't want to be doing. We are doing what we do because we want to do it. Can I get a witness in this house? And what we've done is is we have become known for what we are against instead of what we're for. That is not necessarily the good news. The good news is, is that Jesus has come to give you life and life more abundantly. Can I keep preaching tonight? So ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say this as kindly And as politely as I know how to say it. But Jesus did not come to control people. Jesus come to save people and to set them free. What are you saying, pastor? I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm saying. We can have growth or we can have control, but we can't have both. What are you saying? I'm saying I'm going to preach the truth to you in love, but I am not here as your pastor to control you. I am here as your pastor to preach to you the pure, unadulterated word of God. And then you have to decide how much of it you love and accept and will apply to your life. Can I get a witness? I'm going to share some very shocking things with you tonight. And by the way, I did not make any of this up. You can come and you can read it right off of this. So you know that I'm not making it up. It's in here, right here. According to our general superintendent, in his newsletter, in this one, this one particularly, he said in this newsletter, you can read it after service, 43% of pastors reported attendance In our denomination, between 26 and 75 people. He said that for every 100 attendees, there were 62 white, 19 Hispanic, 13 were African American, 4 were Native American, and 2 were Asian. He went on to say that in 2021, the estimated peak attendance, in other words, here's what peak attendance means, the highest attendance of the year, which is Easter. Everybody turned in their peak attendance in the U.S. and Canada. It was 585,000 people. That is the United States, 
and Canada. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, I need, I need you focus. Right now in America, as of today, I checked the statistics, there are 336 million people in America. I checked the statistics on Canada. In Canada right now, there are 38 million people. 1%, please pay attention, 1% of 336 million people is 3,360,000 people. 1% of 38 million people is 380,000 people. 1%, brothers and sisters, of combined U.S. of A and Canada population is 3,740,000 people. And our organization at its peak had 585,000, and that includes Canada in 2021. He went on to say that the average attendance was 60 people in our churches. And we thank God for 60 people. But let me share something with you. In the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 4, there's four types of soil. There's the one soil. It's called the wayside soil. The other is the rocky soil. The other soil is the soil that had thorns with it. And then the other soil is the good soil. Now, here's why this is important. Because according to the scripture, the various soils represent human hearts. So according to this parable, now, 25% of human hearts could be open to receive the seed of God's word. 25%, ladies and gentlemen, of 336 million in the U.S. is 84 million people. 25% of 38 million people in Canada is 9,500,000. 25% of U.S. and Canada combined is 93,800,000. And the average church in our denomination is 60 people. I did not give you that to condemn you. I gave that to us to challenge us. To say, brothers and sisters, we need to forget this stuff about controlling people. And we need to start loving people and telling them the good news that Jesus Christ went to Calvary to forgive them of their sins. And they can be washed in the water in Jesus' name. And they can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they can live a modest lifestyle. And when they do that, they can have the assurance that their sins are forgiven. That their past is released from them. They have a home in heaven and they've got a purpose worth living our mission matters and brothers and sisters I didn't say this to condemn us I said it to challenge us we better rethink some of our traditions that keep people out of the house of God because their skin is black or they speak a different language or they don't look like us or spit white like us or they didn't come from our neighborhood. We better fall back in love with the mission of Jesus Christ and that is he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Can you say this with me? Our mission matters. 
Brothers and sisters, our mission is so much bigger than what song we sing on a Sunday morning. Oh, I hope they sing my favorite song. I hope my favorite preacher gets up and preaches. Listen, if we're going to do this, we got to begin to get away from personalities from people and from places. We got to get back to the mission that says whether they sing my favorite song or not, that's not the mission. Whether my favorite preacher preaches or not, that's not the mission. Whether my favorite person shows up or not, that's not the mission. This is the mission to seek and to save that which is lost. Can I keep preaching? Okay. Here's the good news of our mission. Number two is that God offers freedom. God offers freedom. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. God offers freedom. Here's what it says in John 8 and 36. So if the Son sets you free, you're halfway free. You're on your way. You are free indeed. When you talk to people, just listen to what they say. They're going to tell you. So many people are going to tell you, I feel trapped. I feel stuck. I feel addicted. I feel like I can't get out. I can't break out of this relationship. I can't get this bad memory out of my head. I can't break free from this habit. And the good news of the gospel is when you look at people, you don't have to tell them all the do's and don'ts. You can tell them Jesus came to set you free. Jesus came to wash your sins away. Jesus came to break your past and to give you a new new future. That's the good news of the gospel. Jesus come to set us free from resentments, from the guilts of yesterday. Can I even say this? Jesus came to set you free from boredom. Mm. Boy, I could preach a whole message on that because I believe with all of my heart, King David, King David, he was bored. Bible says that when the kings went out to war, he stayed home. I got, we got this. And he was just bored. You can be busy. I can preach a whole message on this. You can be busy and still bored. Because you don't understand your mission. You don't know. You've never defined it. So it don't matter if you spend, you know, four hours watching YouTube cat videos. Who cares? Some of y'all don't know what I'm even talking about, but most of you do. I'm not being ugly. I'm not being rude. I promise you I'm not being either one. What I'm saying is, is the more that we let Christ into our life, the freer we become. And that's the good news of our mission is that God offers freedom. And number three, here's the good news, is that God offers forgiveness. This is Romans 6 and 23, the good news. For sin pays its wages. Do you know that sin has a wage? It's death. You know what God pays? His wage is eternal life. And you decide what wage do you want to work for. But God's free gift is what? Eternal life through Jesus. God says to the good news, I want to wipe your slate clean. I want to give you a brand new start. I want to wipe away everything you've ever done wrong in your life. I want to give you a new start, and I want to give you a new heart. That is, brothers and sisters, the good news. And everyone today, everyone today is spending their time trying to find freedom. They're trying to find fulfillment, and they're trying to find forgiveness. And that is exactly what the good news is. We have it, and we've just got so caught up in the do's and the don'ts, we forgot how good it really is. Because his burden now has become heavy. 
and his yoke has become duty. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm probably just going to have to finish, but I love you. I love you with all my heart, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth in love. Here's two reasons why, and this is not in my notes. Here's two reasons why the people did not get into the promised land. Number one, God told them because of your unbelief. And number two, because you did not delight in me. When your Christianity becomes a duty, God says, I don't even like it. When you say, oh, I got to go to church again. Listen, I know we get all tired and we operate in our flesh. I get that. But for the most part, it shouldn't be, I got to go to church again. That should be the exception. Because he wants us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. He wants us to remind ourselves all the time how good that he is. He's a good God and he wants to do us good. And he don't want to put more on us than we can bear. And it's not about the do's and the don'ts. I'm not doing anything, brothers and sisters, that 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 I don't want to do. I just don't want to do some things. Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. It's getting quiet in here now, isn't it? Because what, what, what happens is, is the enemy wants to get us off of our focus and make us think that it's about buildings, it's about personalities, it's about my favorite preacher. And I'm going to tell you something, I may be wrong, I probably am, I'm wrong a lot of times, but there are some mega churches and I can call their names and you would know them. If something happened to their pastor today, I would put a thousand dollars on it that five thousand people would walk out in two Sundays. You know why? Because it's built on personality. That is not what I want for TPC. I do not want this to be the Wayne and Janet Neelan show. And I keep telling you that. And I'm going to keep telling you that. And that's why I'm going to bring in the fivefold ministry. And that's why we're going to keep talking about reaching this community and reaching this region and starting other churches and sending missionaries around the world and sending you on some mission trip. I've already been talking to David Grigsby about some of you going on mission trips because I'm going to tell you something you have it so good in America that when you go on a missions trip you're going to get a revelation and you're going to come back and be so thankful you know why because the poorest people normally have the greatest faith and the poorest people normally worship him the most and the people with the most normally worship him the least because we're so stinking spoiled and I'm right there with you I need to take another missions trip to get to remind myself of how good I've got it. Because we got it mighty good. Can I get a witness? Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hurry. Hey, so you say, okay, Pastor, I'm with you. I bought everything you said. Thank you for that. Now what do I do? Here's what we do. We gotta do two things. We gotta live it and we gotta share it. You with me? I said we gotta live it and we gotta share it. Look at Titus two and ten, New Living Translation. Here's what it says. Show you can be fully trusted so that in every way you will make the teaching about God attractive. I've said this, but I've never read this translation. I mean, I've read it, but it's, you know, how many times have you read something that didn't come revelation to you, right? This has become revelation to me. 
we, God wants us to live in such a way that our life and our spirit attracts other people. This is why I keep, this is why I keep going back to what saddens me, even in my own life, is our lack of joy across, across our fellowship. I've gotten, I've gone to other people's meetings outside of our fellowship. I was in one in South Lake Dallas and for 45 minutes, I am not exaggerating. I've got it recorded on my phone for 45 minutes. Those people not in our denomination had their hands raised and they were singing to the top of their lungs for 45 minutes. When I came onto their campus, I'm not making any of this up. When I came onto their campus, they were whistling. We're glad you're here. When I walked through their doors, they had about eight people and they were all clapping. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. We're so happy you're here. And my heart just saddens. Because I've been in some of our Pentecostal services when somebody walked in that wasn't in their group and they looked them up and down. Like, my God, what are you even doing here? And that saddens me. I'm not saying that that is TPC. I am saying that what we should do is make the gospel so attractive that when people look at us, they don't see long, sour faces and judgmental attitudes and long gossiping tongues. But what they see is the joy and the power and the love of the Holy Spirit radiating on our face and radiating inside of our heart. And I got to stop, but I want to ask you a question. Is your life attracting anybody to Jesus Christ? The fact is, brothers and sisters, you're being watched whether you like it or not. And I don't want to get to heaven and somebody say, you know what? I didn't even want to go to that church because of Wayne Nealon. I don't want that said about me. And I don't think you want it said about you. And so our lives are either drawing people closer to Christ or they're turning them away. Because every one of us in this room, whether you realize it or not, you are influencing people more than you realize. Shall we stand Now, if you will, look at 1 Peter chapter 3 and 15. This is the NIV. It says, be ready at all times to answer anyone who asks you to explain the hope you have in you. But do it with gentleness and respect. I beg all of us. Come up here, please, David. David, come up here, son. I know none of you are doing this. I'm just making an example. I'm begging all of us. Come up here, son. I'm begging all of us to look at none of our people and beat them over the head with this Bible. Mm-mm. I don't think anybody does this, but I just have to say it because I'm pastor. Please don't look at people and tell them turn or burn. The good news is not you're going to hell. That is not good news. I'm sorry, it's not. It's not good news. It's not good news to take this and give them all the do's and the don'ts of what you think it should be. The good news is Jesus Christ died to forgive you of all your sins, to give you a brand new life, to break you free from every addiction and every hurt, habit, and hang-up, to give you a home in heaven. That's the good news. It's not turn or burn. Thank you, David. That's not what that's not the good news. It's not you're going to die and fry while we go up to the sky. That's not good news. That's not what reaches people. 
What reaches people is when you love them. When you love them. When you love them. I want to keep the main thing, the main thing. We have a mission that matters. And everyone has a part to play in the body of Christ. I want to challenge you tonight, all of you precious people that I love so dearly, I want to challenge us. Let's stay focused on the mission. What is the mission? He came to seek and to save that which is lost. I'm going to say it publicly. Jared and Kaylee, Janet and I love you dearly. Y'all are amazing. Williams is the Copelands, all of this band, Ashton, Jaron, Austin, Gunner, Brother Tyler, you guys are really good. We, we're very blessed with amazing talent. And I love, y'all know I love excellence. I want to serve God with excellence. I want to give my very best to Him. But if we hit every note and never messed up and I preach the perfect message but people walk out of here the way they came in then we've just had cute church and it may have made you feel good but there wasn't life transformation and brothers and sisters even though I'm not an evangelist and I'm not called to be an evangelist and I don't really have the gift of evangelism I love souls And I want to see God's kingdom grow. And I want to see it flourish. And I want to see us reach this community and the regions beyond. Not because of us. Not because of us. Not because we're going to get on Facebook and tell everybody what a building we built. That's juvenile. That's childish. The building only serves a purpose for the mission. Let's get back to what God called us to do. See, this is why I'm going to keep encouraging you. We don't have a prayer room. Please pray before you come to church. So that when you get here, you're not getting ready. You are ready. So that when the wind of the Spirit blows, you can lay hands on your neighbor and say, I curse that disease in the name of Jesus. And I speak life and health into your bones in the name of Jesus. And you can lead somebody through repentance. The body operating as the body. People ministering as God has gifted you. I need you and you need me. And we all need him. Let's move the mission. Would you just raise your hands and ask God to help us all tonight. Father, help us. God, help us. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm none of that, God. I'm just, I just want to be passionate about what you're passionate about. I just want to remind this great church why we do what we do. We're not doing it for fame or self-grandizement. If you can use anything, you can use me. 
to thank you, sound. Thank you, Sunday school teachers. Thank you, men that set up the signs that drive the golf carts, that greet the people. Thank you. We need everybody here and every gift in this house, prayer warriors, people that can pray in the altar, people that can greet, people that can say hello. We need you. We got a mission to fulfill. Would you step out of your pew and come up and raise your hands and say, Lord, you can use anything. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking not for great ability. He's looking for availability. Are you available? Will you use what he's gifted you with or will you bury it in the sand and say it's really not that much? Oh God, help us. Come on, would you join with your pastor as I challenge us tonight to once again look at the mission of Jesus Christ. Let's remind ourselves what this is all about. Thank you. 
speak of me, you can use me. 